This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. Hey guys, I'm Adia Hansen. And I'm Corbin Smith. Together, we are going to explore the nursing profession with exclusive interviews from nurses working in jobs you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is the College Handoff. Collecting evidence, giving testimony. If you want to go beyond the typical duties of a nurse and approach your work from a law enforcement angle, a forensic nursing job might be for you. Today, we'll discuss what a forensic nurse is and how to become one. Whether you are already a nurse or just beginning to explore the nursing profession, you may be interested in learning what a forensic nurse does. They have a variety of roles, including evaluating and caring for victims of assault, domestic abuse, and sexual crimes along with collecting and securing evidence and possibly testifying in court about the medical information and the evidence that they have collected. We are here today with Julie Valentine, who's going to tell us a little bit about what she does as a SANE nurse and more about forensic nurses. So if you could introduce yourself a little, Julie. Yes. Uh, so I am an associate professor at Brigham Young University College of Nursing. I have taught in uh, the undergraduate program in several courses. Um, I am also a forensic nurse with Wasatch Forensic Nurses, and I have been a forensic nurse since 2005. Cool. That's a long time. <laughs> it is a long time. How would you define a forensic nurse in general? So forensic nurse is a nurse with specialty education regarding the impact of trauma on individuals. And that's not just physical trauma, that's also emotional trauma. And with that, also special education about the criminal justice system and about the forensic sciences. So we care for victims or patients and communities that have been impacted by violence. That can be everything from natural disasters, but is generally more interpersonal violence, rape, domestic violence, child abuse, and elder abuse. Some forensic nurses uh, specialize in working with offenders, those that commit violent acts. Uh, mm -hmm. The majority of forensic nurses work with those that have been victimized. But um, my case, uh, I, I do both. Most of my patients that I see are those that have been victimized by domestic violence, strangulation, or rape. But we also do exams on suspects of committing these crimes. What's your favorite part about being a sane nurse? My favorite part is when you are caring for somebody who has experienced a traumatic event, oftentimes an event that they never thought they would experience or really what, what truly has been the worst thing that's ever happened to them in their life, it is a completely shattering experience. And to be able to work with the patient and feel that you can make an impact in just helping them see that there is a pathway to healing and can give them some hope and some guidance on that healing, 
that that's really why I do that. Um, kind of going along with the students, what would you recommend for students who are interested in becoming forensic nurses or sane nurses? So for forensic nurses, as I talked about, you're you're working with patients that have been really traumatized. It's usually not a field that we recommend brand new nurses uh, to go into. Um, most of the nurses that are in my field have backgrounds in ER, ICU, women's health, and also psych mental health nursing. We usually recommend two years of experience after they get their RN. Um, for some, it, it could be around a year if they um, have had significant experience before then. But to uh, work as a SANE or sexual assault nurse examiner, they need to take a 40-hour training or education module. And with that 40-hour training, they then need to do an internship. And with the internship, they then shadow a nurse, and they have to be able to independently take care of a patient and do the evidence collection and all of that before they can be on their own. Mm -hmm. And are there graduate programs for forensic nursing? There are. So um, most of the schools that have graduate programs in forensic nursing are back east, and that's really mainly where forensic nursing started. There's also in Texas, Texas A&M has a large forensic nursing program. Uh, so forensic nursing is actually a pretty wide umbrella. So some forensic nurses specialize um, in, in the graduate programs. There's death investigators. There's um, certified nurse consultants that work with um, legal consultants. There's nurse attorneys. There's a huge need for nurses to go on to law school because then they have that healthcare experience. Those are under forensic nurses. Um, there's psych mental health nursing. So sexual assault nurse examiner is actually just one area of forensic nursing. It's the biggest area, but it's actually just one area. Um, and what would a day in the life of like a sane nurse look like? So it depends a little bit on their program. Um, but uh, for our program, I'm part of a uh, community-based forensic nursing team. And so you sign up for shifts. We're really busy. So Wasatch Forensic Nurses, we cover both Salt Lake and Utah County. And so our shifts are just four hours each. We see about 900 patients a year. And we also take phone calls from a lot of uh, patients as well, so um, more than that. And so if you're on call, it's very likely you're going to get a case. You're going to get... Um, paged. And so uh, for us as being a community-based team, you take call at home, you get paid for being on call, and then you just have to be all ready to go. So every nurse has, it's called a, a whole DNA kit. We have like a suitcase that has all the materials we need. We have specialized cameras. Um, we have the sexual assault kits. So we have to be ready to leave as soon as we get a page and go out to um, whatever hospital that we're responding to across the both Salt Lake and Utah valleys. Mm -hmm. And it's usually hospitals that you go and visit? Yes, okay. except uh, we do have an exception with BYU. BYU is actually the only university where uh, we have a contract with the Student Health Center that if uh, someone 
reports the Student Health Center and shares that they've been raped, and it's within seven days we go to the health center to do their examination. Um, kind of with your patients, what kind of relationships do you form, and like, how long does care kind of take with them? So the care, how long we're with a patient, is totally up to the patient. The first thing I do when I walk into the room is you have to remember this is somebody whose personal space has been completely invaded. So I, I don't get very close. I just get used to, I let them get used to me being in the room with them, my presence. And I say, my name is Julie. I'm your nurse. I'm a forensic nurse. I said, the first thing I need to remember is this is, this is your exam. And I will tell you generally what we do, but you're in full control. And that's really important whenever you care for anybody that has uh, been victimized, whether it be rape or anything else, is that they have a feeling like loss of control. And so you want to, whether you're a sane or working in an ER or a clinic or anything, you want to give them back anything you can to let them have a sense of control again. And so sometimes you'll have patients that want They'll say, I've got to be at work in two hours. And we say, okay, we're going to get this quickly done. Mm-hmm. You have other patients that might be really traumatized. and Or if they have a lot of injuries, we document all the injuries. You could be with a patient for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Usually it's about four. Okay. Three to, three to four is probably the average. Okay. So like a whole shift. Um, yeah. At least in the Wasatch Forensic Nursing. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. So just when we're when we're doing our nursing clinicals um, and as future nurses, what should we look for in patients um, just to tell if we may suspect they've been sexually abused or abused in other ways? Right. Great question, Nadia. Um, I think understand the numbers. So mm-hmm. in Utah, and Utah is similar to the rest of the nation, one in three women have been sexually assaulted, one in six have been raped. So when you think about the number of women you know or the number of patients that you will care for, um, and, and for men, it's some studies are one in six. Um, that's a lot of people that have been traumatized by sexual violence. So I think almost like how we think of standard precautions that we just we take care with any patient, it's the same thing we need to apply what's called trauma-informed care. And what that means is we always tell our patients before we touch them. And this is like in the ICU. If you have a, a patient who's unconscious, you would tell them, I'm going to touch your shoulder now. You always talk to your patients, get mm-hmm. their permission before we touch them or do things to them. That's really important and helps them feel more in control. And then also consider when we look at a patient not only asking, so what's wrong with you? Or what brought you in today? But consider what has happened in your life that affects your health. Because trauma affects both psychological and physical health. And if we don't go back and deal with those original traumas that many times can cause significant physical or psychological health problems, we can't really help our patients Mm-hmm. So I want you to think about that. Think about what has happened in your life that affects your health. And if we go back to that and approach our patients with respect and with, even though we're kind of an intimate profession and in that we have to be touching them, always asking for their um, 
uh, permission before we do that, that can help regardless if, if the patient has had prior history of assault or not. With becoming a SANE nurse, what kind of like just qualities in nurses that you look for for SANE nurses? Um, so the, the SANE nurses, you can imagine we have a really high burnout rate. Mm-hmm. It's a big issue in our field. Um, the ability to let go and compartmentalize mm-hmm. is really important. And that doesn't mean you're cold when you're with the patient. I think it actually means the opposite of that. You're fully vested with that patient when you're with them. But the qualities need to be someone, one, who likes science because it is a crossover into the forensic science field. So they have to have a good understanding of forensics. Someone that's also interested in the legal system. We do um, testify on our cases. We work with really closely with law enforcement and with attorneys. Um, so that's part of the education is learning about that area. Um, someone who is uh, very compassionate, um, non-judgmental, which I think a lot of nurses are are those two things mm-hmm. um, anyway. And then also someone that's okay being on call. That may sound strange, but there's some people that that is a huge stress to them. They just really, they would rather just know I'm working for sure. I'm, I've been on call for many years of my life, so it doesn't phase me. But um, that definitely can be a big issue for some nurses. One last question. What would you recommend for students who are interested in getting kind of in like volunteering and getting involved in the field of forensic nursing while they're still students? So if students are interested in in being active in this area, and specifically for me, you know, this is sexual assault and and domestic violence, some of the things they can do, Center for Women and Children in Crisis, which is here in Utah Valley, always need volunteers. And they provide a 40-hour training uh, they need volunteers to man phone lines that they have open 24 hours a day. Um, they need volunteers to respond to hospitals with forensic nurses. Our volunteers help us tremendously in caring for um, patients. So that's one thing they can do, get involved in Center for Women and Children in Crisis. The other thing they can do is there's a great organization on campus called STASA, Students Together Against Sexual Assault. If they look it up under BYU Clubs, it might be under the old name, which is SASA, SASA. <laughs> Students Against Sexual Assault. Um, but that's a new club, and mm. they um, they have been doing great things, and they kind of help as a liaison with Title IX as well. So those are the two big areas that I would strongly recommend people got in, get involved with. Mm-hmm. And then we also have, um, is it new nurses? Yeah, Nurses Empowering Women. Empowering Women. Women. Mm-hmm. Awesome organization. Yeah. And I work a lot with, um, I've been an affiliate faculty with Women's Studies since I've been here at BYU. Um, another fabulous group mm-hmm. to get involved in. So so there's some good opportunities. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for You're being welcome. here. You're <laughs> Thanks for having me as a guest. This is an of awesome course. podcast. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thank you. Remember that the BYU College of Nursing wants you to participate in their social media channels. As you view their photos and messages at BYU Nursing, make sure to like, share, and comment on what they post. So, Adia, I am so excited to work on this podcast. It's going to be so fun.
Likewise, it's I'm really excited too. Yeah, it's so awesome. I'm excited because, well, I'm not a nursing student. You are, I'm not. I'm learning every single time that we're going to talk to anybody to go over any kind of information. I'm super excited to learn a lot. So I guess in full disclosure, we just talked to Julie Valentine, or you just talked to Julie. Mm-hmm. And you work for her, right? I do, yeah. I do some coding with her and Leslie Miles. So how did you get involved with, with Julie and her work? Um, first semester, Julie came into our orientation class, and she gave a presentation on like forensic nursing and sexual assault nursing and Title IX and things like that. And I just thought it was so cool. And afterwards, I went up to talk to her just about like becoming a RA for her and getting more involved with all like the sexual assault um, like volunteer opportunities. She later emailed me and then interviewed me. It was like six months later, maybe longer. So it took it took a little bit, but um, yeah, I was one of the nursing students chosen as an RA, and it's been super fun since then. All right, Adia. So. We know you work for Julie Valentine, but I want to know what specifically you do, because I think there's a stigma of interns that they go in and they file papers and they go to the copy machine. They get coffee or hot chocolate, I guess, in this case, for the person that they work for. But I imagine it's not like that with you and Julie. What what do you do exactly? Mm-mm. Yeah. So some of the RAs in me, we go over the charts of the sexual assault nurses and we read each individual case and like their summary and what injuries they've gotten and like previous health conditions um, and like their demographic, all this information about these victims. And then we go and we kind of put this information into numbers and put it into a chart. And then over time, the information like compiles and then you can see sexual assault trends among like different ages, different genders, um, people with different health conditions and things like that. Um, Yeah, and then some of the other RAs also, they help put in information for the DNA kits or the rape kits that are taken from victims. And then we can also see the trends with which ones of those are submitted um, and which ones are actually taken through to prosecution and things like that. And that experience has to be invaluable for you is is forensic nursing something you want to go into in the future or is it just like how has this affected you this experience yeah yeah so i think i would love to go into forensic nursing i kind of want to do like a something with psychology and forensic nursing um and i think it's especially helped me first off have compassion for victims because you just see how hard i just can't imagine going through what these poor people have gone through um and then also just kind of knowing what like a sexual assault victim looks like and how to talk to them and how to approach them to um and things like that just i think it'll help me as a forensic nurse in the future and just in nursing in general these are super awesome experiences that you're working with a professor and developing their research that can go on and help tons and tons of patients in whichever different field that that professor is working in but you also develop these skills these talents um, through working with other people, working in a team and fine tuning those little things that are kind of hard to fine tune on your own mm-hmm. and you become a better person because of it. And I think that is the coolest experience that comes from mentor and learning that whole program that BYU and especially the nursing program has. So now with that in mind, I want to know what kind of resume builder type things do you get to experience while working for a professor? Yeah, so a lot of research assistants get to 
present posters at conferences or just visit conferences um, or co-author papers, which is huge in resumes, especially if you want to go to graduate school um, and be a professor. Um, it's like something that's really rare for undergraduates. So it's really cool that we have the opportunity to do that. Um, and that really kind of opens up, I think, the academic world, too, to students more than just going to class does. You kind of learn how to write technically um, and kind of know what people are looking for in research and stuff like that. Yeah, that's way cool. There's a little part inside of us as students that really want to build our resume in any way that we can. We join clubs, do extramural sports. We get three jobs sometimes. There was a time I had three jobs. Oh, my goodness. I have three jobs right now. <laughs> I used to work at the bindery. Mm. Oh, man, Th that was that was one experience and a half. You have three jobs. We all kind of want to build our resume in any way that we can. Mm -hmm. And I think that this mentored learning program is, is another way that we can become the kind of people that we want to become. To work as a professor, how cool would that be? Or to work as a nurse in literally any kind of thing that is your passion. This kind of mentored learning experience that you're having and that any student can have, right? You can have this experience as a first semester student. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and something else I love about it is that um, research really helps people in the long run. It's not like like bedside nursing where you're helping someone in the moment, which is really neat. Um, but research is another way of serving people. And like with sexual assault research, then um, you can help change policies that will help victims and things like that. It's more of a long-term way of helping people. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it seems like mm -hmm. whether you just want to build your resume or whether you want to build skills or you want to build relationships with these teachers that are frankly incredible, mm -hmm. you will always leave feeling better about yourself as a nurse, yourself as a person and feeling more confident that you can go out and change the world, which I think every nurse and every person wants to do. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I cannot wait to hear from other nursing students with the same experiences. And I can't wait until our next podcast. We will learn from Greg Hale, a nurse recruiter for Steward Healthcare. He will explain what his organization is looking for in candidates and how new graduates can apply for their jobs. Don't forget to tune in next time. And hey, you, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you never miss an episode of The College Handoff. And that is The Handoff. See you next week. See you next week.